Welcome to My Empower Project with your host, Erin Rowe. We will discuss nutrition, fitness, becoming your own boss, and just becoming better every day. I invite you to join My Empower Project as we embark, embrace, encompass, and enlighten. I have a juicy, mouth-watering episode for you. Joining us today is Vanessa Simkins, the juicing mixologist. She's a health author and the founder of All About Juicing. Vanessa and I met through an online community after we both took an exceptional course about, you guessed it, Amazon. Her and I both have the same passions, nutrition and home business. I'll let Vanessa tell you her story. Hey, Vanessa, we're happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So before we listen to your success with Amazon, can you take us back to before you knew what those letters FBA stood for and tell us about juicing? Yeah, I actually went to school for business. So I'm in the right field now, but I started out in HR. So after college, I went into HR. It was okay, but I didn't like it all that much. And I thought, you know, I think I just want to do something where I can work for myself. And I was just looking for a niche that was in the health field. So it ended up being juicing. Long story short, I had created a pretty large website about juicing, put together a lot of eBooks and courses and a publisher had found me and I have two paperback books out. And then I decided to go into Amazon too. So that's pretty much the story of how I got here today. Just one thing after another. <laughs> Did you start with ebooks and then got your paperback? I actually started with the blogging. Like back in the day, you could make a lot of money from Google AdSense. That's not so much now. <laughs> so I started with AdSense first and then I started doing ebooks. Then when ebooks fizzled out, I went into courses and I have a membership site and courses today. I still have that up on the site, then the paperbacks. That's amazing. I'm interested in membership sites. What type of site is your membership site? It's called Vanessa's Juice Club. We deliver weekly juice and smoothie recipes as well as other information like about juicing within the site to our members and we have a little facebook group to help them connect and ask questions and learn i don't think i ever told you this but my very first toe that i dipped into the water of well not a diet or nutrition but just not eating the sad standard american diet my first step toward eating what i now call real food was that i juiced and i literally got like a juice high yeah <laughs> It was the first time I felt what it felt like to actually feel good. Fooled with nutrition. So I want to ask you a tough question personally because it's controversial. And I want to know your thoughts on the sugar intake of juice. I'm not a nutritionist at all. So all of my stuff is just based on my own experiences. And I got Lyme disease when I was 11. I actually am like a really great case for, for Lyme disease. I've taken a lot of supplements. I've gotten a lot of acupuncture treatments and stuff like that. So I'm pretty healthy today. I started out juicing for me too was one of the first things that I did on my health journey. And it just made me feel so much better. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, sugar is sugar. And I think that's true in some circumstances and depending on how you look at it. But I don't think that the white sugar that's in your Fruit Loops or cereal or something like that is the same as the fruit sugar. It comes with so many more nutrients with it. 
it. So I think if you are just like watching your intake and you're careful with it, there's so many things that you can juice that aren't heavy on sugar. So I always tell people when they start out, you're probably going to want to start out with some fruit juices because the vegetable ones are really hard to take when you're new, but you should end up pretty much just juicing green juices and vegetable juices. So I don't think that we should have so much fruit juice. If you don't have a really great diet, I think it's a fine place to start. That's my thing on the sugar. <laughs> One of my favorite recipes had a little bit of green vegetables and then of course the fruit to make it sweet and delicious. And like you said, it's grown from the earth. It's not processed. So it is a different type of sugar than the manufactured. Stick to plants. Nothing's made in plants. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> you had a successful first book. How did you decide to create a second one? Well, the first book did pretty well. And then my publisher said, I think you would really like doing a blender book. And so my first book was just juicing. It's called The Big Book of Juices. I think there's 425 juice recipes in there. So it was like very niche -y. This second one, that's the Power Blender one, there's like food and there's a lot of smoothies and things like that. So it was like a natural transition into stuff like that. And they gave me the opportunity and I said, okay. I think I saw that on social media that you have juice challenges. I do. Yes. I have them every quarter. They're either for seven, 14 or 21 days. I give everybody a juice a day to make and it's just a way to incorporate juicing into your regular diet so it's not fasting and I encourage them to replace a meal with it or just have it as a snack. I see people have tremendous changes because when you go from a diet where you're not really paying attention to what you're eating or you're having like a lot of desserts or very sweet things for breakfast, a juice is like a great swap out to try to be healthier and it works. I think it's a great way to start. Like you said, if you have it first thing in the morning, you're getting your nutrients in and it tastes sweet and delicious. So you do feel satisfied. Yeah. And I know what you sell on Amazon. I'd like to know if you wanted to sell products for juicing or if you found Amazon first. What came first? I found Amazon first. Well, actually, my husband had sent me video about it from a couple just talking about it. And I was like, wow, this is really intriguing. And I had a lot of having worked on all about juicing with a lot of people like over the years on my site on what might just be like better for the market. And I still have so many ideas um, for stuff that kind of piqued my interest into physical products. Previously, I didn't really want to get into physical products because of storing inventory and I really just didn't know how to do it. But I thought I would just take the leap. It's worked out really great so far and I really like it. So I have a lot of ideas of different products just in the health niche going forward and I love it. I know that you've had some little hiccups where you were literally in sweatshirts in your garage filling your orders. Can you tell us about <laughs> that and how you overcame it? And if you look at it as a growing process or a growing pain? Yeah, so when I do things, a lot of people, I think they maybe overanalyze and yeah, they just think a little bit too hard about stuff. And I'm a little bit of the opposite. I'm a risk taker and I just jump in. When I decided on a product, I just decided to order it, have it come to my house and I would just pack it and really didn't think through all of, all of the stuff. I just wanted to know if anybody out there wanted this. So I did it in the third bay of my garage and my mom helped me and my dad and I spent night and day doing that. It ended up doing really well. So now we have a bit more help and I've thought through the whole process. I think that's really good advice for anyone when you're a business to just kind of definitely take all the data and analyze stuff. But I think it's just better to just jump in and do it because had I not done that and I stopped to think about it too much, I would have been so scared because I remember the day it was delivered and I was like terrified. I remember I cried. I was like, oh geez, was this, was this the right idea? 
And my mom was just like, well, don't second guess yourself now because it's already here. So I'm kind of, I have to take that approach. I think it's like a really good approach to take when you're doing anything in business, really. You can't reap a reward unless you take the risk. And your product took off and it's doing amazing. That's what we all want. I'm glad you ended up tying the two together. Your book, your second book came out while doing Amazon and you were able to maintain both. Yeah, it was definitely hard, but I don't regret it. I just think when you're an entrepreneur, it's just part of the journey. You're going to get knocked down a lot and you just have to get back up. Even today, I feel like there's so many challenges. There's always something new that might come up because you just didn't know. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday where if you just don't learn how to like get back up every single time, you're just going to fail. You just have to just do it and not think about it and not let things make you too upset. I always say that don't think, just do. Because when you dwell on something is when it becomes too much to even start doing. Yeah. And I even noticed that with people with juicing and the juice challenges or anything like health related, they always think about the details like, well, can I not have a piece of cake or how much do I have to juice? Like there's so many details and it's like, just focus on that end goal, whether it's one juice a day for seven days or whatever. And all of the details, like everything just always falls into place. I think, I mean, that happens for me anyway, but that's the attitude that I choose to take. And it always seems to fall into place when you don't think about all those little details in between. You'll figure it out. It'll be okay. I don't know why we all as humans tend to make mountains out of molehills because just adding a juice a day can add so much progress and we don't need to be perfect. We just need to add a little bit of progress, small replacements, small steps each day. And I love that you have those 7, 14 or 21 day options for people to begin. Totally. I even remember too, when I first started exercising, I would just take walks in my neighborhood. It wasn't anything super hardcore. I think so many times people just, they'll look at other people that are doing a lot of exercise. They have so many boundaries with their food and they're really great with that stuff. I feel like a lot of us anyway, start out so, so small. Like I started out juicing and then I started looking into cleaning up my diet and exercising all that. Like it didn't all happen at once. And I'm guessing that probably happened with you too, right? Like it was just like little steps. Then it was all healthy. (laughs) I don't even know what clean eating meant when I started juicing. Yeah. Never know what's to come. The same with Amazon. I'm reading Girl, Wash Your Face. And the author, Rachel Halls, was saying how make all these plans as a little girl of what you're going to be. And if you don't reach those milestones, you dwell on that. But most of the milestones that you do accomplish, that you overlook because you're so busy dwelling on what you haven't, all those things that you achieved weren't even in your plan. They just came up. I never thought I would be an Amazon seller. (laughs) I know. Yep. Me neither. (laughs) Or that I would have a website or a paperback book. Could have never, ever guessed that. Yeah. You have a big following. Do you have any advice for how to grow a large following on social media? I think part of the reason why I have a big following is I kind of took the turtle approach, you know, where it's like slow and steady. This definitely did not happen overnight because I know a lot of people will look at me and say, well, like how did that happen and it was just little steps so when I started I just was really consistent with everything and then so many years later it just developed into a large following but I'm always posting I'm always growing my email list I'm always looking for ways to have people find out about me and find out about the challenges I genuinely really want to help them and they know that and I think they can feel that and so I think it's easier to get people to follow you allow me to help them when I'm giving them consistent information and when they can tell that I'm genuine consistency and being genuine because you do really want to help that can be so 
scene. Yeah, it's not all about the business part for me. Amazon, I feel like, is more behind the scenes. Yeah. None of my friends understand what I do. I want to know if you experience the same thing I do. When people are like, you're still doing your nutrition and fitness and beach body, I'm like, yes. And I'm also doing some e-commerce. They're like, what do you mean? And I say, I sell on Amazon. Do you get silence and blank stares? How? I thought Amazon was one store. How do you explain to somebody what Amazon is if somebody was interested in getting involved? I've been through this totally like over the past couple years and I still don't even think I have a good answer for it. It just, it sometimes it depends in the setting that I'm in. I feel like Amazon's the hardest title. So I never pick that one <laughs> out of all of them. Cause yeah, like everyone thinks it's Amazon selling everything. Right. And then I'm like, well, at the end of the day, it's really, we're an entrepreneur. I always think, well, I'm also a blogger and I'm also a cookbook author. So if I'm with say like my husband's coworkers or something like that, I usually just will say I'm a cookbook author or a blogger because I feel like they understand that. But say like five or six years ago, nobody really understood the blogger thing as much. Like it wasn't as mainstream as it is today. So I stopped saying that because they were like, oh, okay, is that really legit? <laughs> Sometimes if I do want to say something about Amazon, I'll just say I have my own product line. It's like easier for people to understand than Amazon. Because it's true, right? We have our own product line. <laughs> I stopped saying it too because I can't explain it when it's so foreign. But I was telling everyone because I'm so excited. I love the products I have on Amazon and I want other people to realize that they can do this too. But it really is hard to tell your story. Yeah. And then usually when I just like, say I have a product line, then some people ask questions. I have to say Amazon is maybe the more challenging one of everything that I've done. And I think it's a very specific person that can do this. It's definitely not for everybody. And I feel like you probably are the same way. You would probably be able to pick out, if you talk to 10 people, you'd be able to pick out the person that would be able to do it and not. So only if somebody comes to me and asks me about it, I will give them like detailed info because I kind of think that you really have to have a specific attitude and personality to kind of get through it because it's a little, little challenging. Basically, it takes a lot of little steps and a lot of people like overnight success. So to be willing to put in the time, the class that we took, I think those modules really helped me just complete one thing and don't think about the next day's thing. And if I didn't do it that way, I would have been like, forget it. This is going to take forever. But if someone's patient and knows this is worth it in the end, it might be good for them to take the course. Yeah. And actually, I'm not even done the entire course, but I'm successfully selling on Amazon. But I was thinking about that today that I have to go through the end things. But yeah, it totally helps you just to take it in, in steps to, to make progress. Go back to the sections you need or if you need to know what's a click, you just go to that section. Yeah. Do you have a team that supports you or any assistance in both your juicing journey or Amazon? Over the years, I've experimented with a lot of different things. I used to have a, an assistant that worked part-time for me remotely. Now, the people that support me are I have two designers. I have someone that can help me with video, even though I haven't really got too much into video. I want to do that in the future, but I do have actually two people that can help me with that when I need. I have another person that helps me on my site because it's a SBI site. It's a little bit more complicated than a WordPress site in some ways. None of these people are my full-time or even part-time employees. They're just contractors. They'll just help me when I need. So I don't really have much of a team. I just have people that I know that can help me when I need it. And they do help me a good amount. So that seems to work the best 
best for my business instead of just taking on direct employees. I don't know if it'll be like that in the future, but that's what's kind of working now. That's good. It works differently for everybody. And then as your business changes, your needs will change. I do have to say, I really did like having my own assistant, but for some reason it just works out a little bit better when I can just like hire out when I need. Cause I, I am really hands-on and I do do a lot myself and I'm able to handle it right now. So who knows what'll happen in the future. <laughs> right. That's what I do. I just contract out little jobs instead of having like somebody check in with me or have a consistent duty. Do you have any time management advice? Because a lot of my friends, whether they have side businesses or not, they always say, how do you manage so much? Because you know, even though your husband might say, just focus, a lot of the things that we have in our minds jumping around tie into each other, like email lists, logos, they all tie together and they all need to get done. What type of time management balance do you use? I don't want to say time management isn't my best thing. I somehow get it all done. So I can't be that bad at it. I know there's some people that are super planned and they time block stuff out. I can't do that. I don't think that works for my personality because I have a good amount of free spirit in my personality. So it seems a little bit too binding. What works for me is I like sort of time segments in the day. So I work really well in the morning. So after I wake up and I have breakfast, my mind's super clear then. Anything I do as far as my posts or copywriting, writing, my emails, more creative work where I really got to have a clear mind to write well, I always do that in the morning. And then after that, I'll get back to the factories or doing other businesses. There's something I need to pay. And then a lot of times I'll go into my warehouse and do packing or manage my inventory or do what else. And then I come back home and sometimes I work again a little bit until dinner. So that's the schedule that has kind of worked for me over the last eight or nine months or so. In the past, I've always done well in the morning. So I kind of just like to get any creative stuff out in the morning. And I know some people work better at night. I kind of think you just got to know how your personality is and the times of day that you like to work and just go with it. There were certain times where I forced myself to do other stuff in the morning when it was my more creative time when my mind was clear and it just didn't work out because then I'd get back home and I would be tired <laughs> and I wouldn't be able just to think as clearly. I guess that that's my advice. Go with your personality, what works. <laughs> that's one of the main reasons I love being an entrepreneur. You get to be creative. You get to challenge yourself in something that you're interested in and you get to choose when you are most productive. Whereas my day job, I have to work when they tell me, even if I'm the type of person that works better here or there or needs breaks every so often, I can't in the corporate world. When it came to writing your books, did you lock yourself in your closet and just get a chapter a day or how did you manage that? I am pretty intense when I have a project. So I'm really good at just flipping a switch and focusing. I just have to keep myself on track and remind myself <laughs> to keep focusing. I pretty much blocked out a couple of months to do it. And because my books are so big, I have so many recipes in them. It did take quite a few months. I also did all of the pictures for that. I only did what I really need to do to keep all about juicing and the rest of the business running behind the scenes and those few months were just set on the book. Now, I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but it worked for me. So I would just wake up every morning. I think what I did was I would say, I need to do this chapter this month and move through it. And I would check in every week and see how it was making progress. I'm sure recipes took a long time. They take forever. Yes. I was super exhausted by the time I was done each of the books. So I'm taking a break on, <laughs> on the books for a little while now. I really liked doing them. I thought they were fun, but 
a lot of creative energy that you put into it. It really is hard to do anything else because you kind of just want to focus on it. And if you don't, you kind of don't remember. If you're doing a recipe, you need to test it and get it right and write all about it in that same moment, or you're not going to remember the next day <laughs> or the next week. So I would write all the recipes out and then I would go into a testing mode and I would do that in segments. That's kind of just what worked. That's awesome. Can you give us some secret intel into how you get a book deal? I would say if somebody wants to do a book, the best advice I could say is have a really great brand and have a really great audience, a sizable audience. The publishers are looking for people that can help them market their book and get it out there to the world because they don't have a lot of funds to put into that. They don't have a lot of employees to put into marketing your book unless you're maybe a super famous celebrity. But even then, I think they do a lot of their marketing on their own. I think what was attractive to my publishers was that I had an extremely niche topic that they were looking to create a book for and they could see from my style on online that it jived with theirs that I was good at writing and that I could take pictures and all of that. So if you can have a website out there just to kind of show the publishers kind of what you're made of and what you're like, they will find you. If you have an audience, you're set. It's not, I think, as hard as people think. <laughs> I didn't have an agent originally. I have one now. If a publisher doesn't come to you, you'd want to get an agent and have all of those other things in place, like a website and a following and reasons on why you would be a good candidate and they can help you get a book deal. And you did this before or after you had the book completed? The publisher found me and it was just because I had platform and it was something they were looking for. And then after my first book, I decided to get an agent. If a publisher finds you, you're sort of limited to the topics that they want to do. They already have their own ideas. But if you have your own idea, it's better to get an agent because they can help pitch those to the publishers. The agency is like your third party. They talk amongst your publishers. That's right. Yeah. Did you ever do a book launch? when it was first released? Oh, totally. Yeah, very necessary. I mean, that's part of the reason why the publishers want to work with bloggers and people that have a platform. So we created a detailed launch of posts and emails. I didn't do a lot of in-person stuff because I just think nowadays you can market your things a lot faster and better when it's online. And that was the thing that I had the most experience with. So I didn't do like book tours or signings or anything like that. Now, when I go into Barnes and Nobles or like Amazon books or something like that, I always find my book and I sign it there. <laughs> <laughs> and I leave it. <laughs> and it seems to work. People like that. We did a launch that was just basically online. That's so fun. So you go in and sign it and then do you get an email that somebody happened to buy your book? No, I'll just go back and <laughs> I just go back and I see if they're gone and it seems like they sell faster when I sign them. Barnes & Noble puts a little author sticker on it so people know. So I just think oh. it's fun. I thought you just grabbed a marker out of your purse and quick signed it and left. <laughs> I do do that too because Amazon... <laughs> Because Amazon Books doesn't have a sticker, but if, when I'm on Barnes & Noble, I'll sign it and then I'll go tell them and they put a sticker on it. It's a nice surprise for the Amazon buyers. Yeah. <laughs> you and I both think of social media as an advertisement, like an old-fashioned newspaper, at least somewhat. But I know I've had backlash as far as using it for selling. What is your advice to let people know how important it is to use social media for businesses? So backlash, like some negative comments? Have you ever been added to a group and you didn't want to be added and people are trying to sell you candles, sell you leggings? Oh, okay. I feel like your friends are always going to be the least excited about your businesses, but a lot of people still use social media just to talk to their family and post photos for the grandparents. Nowadays, with marketing being 
mainly on social media, it's hard when your audience is just people who don't look at it as business. Right. Social media is definitely necessary. No questions, right? Like it's totally how I built my business and how I continue to thrive today. I always made separate accounts and I never really used my personal stuff or too much of my friends and family only because I knew that probably wasn't going to get me really far. I wanted to find my people and my fans. So for up and coming side hustlers, do you recommend that they open a separate account on Instagram? I do. Yeah, I do. Because I just feel like a business account, even when you're sharing stuff about your personal life, it's just really different. It's strategically done. It's just a little bit different, I think, than stuff that you would share with your friends and family. I also don't really use my personal one too much anymore. And if I started out using my personal one, I would just switch to business and forego the personal stuff. (laughs) But that's just me. I'm not huge on posting personal things. I'm more on social media for the business because I tend to find it a little draining. So I really only use it for business but I think it's so so necessary especially live videos now live Instagram and yeah I focused on creating fans through getting emails and Facebook marketing and Instagram marketing and things like that so it wasn't with my friends and family so I wouldn't get any of that backlash that I didn't want to be dependent on friends and family because a lot of them aren't interested (laughs) in juicing or even health and I didn't want to be imposing on that it was really important for me to kind of keep that separate go back and forth about this still because my brand is my name, Aaron Rowe, Aaron Rowe Fit. And the whole Amazon thing is not related, but it does make me hesitant to post. And that's why recently I've just taken action. I put myself out there, but it really do go back and forth because years ago I had a side business account and I think I had three friends because nobody knew about it. So now I think it's easier to grow the audience. I don't know. I'm in a hard place with using my name as my business. I think that's why I wanted to keep mine a little bit separate only because I knew I wouldn't be hesitant if I didn't know the people. (laughs) Like, oh, well then I don't know them and I won't feel like any judging or anything like that. But it did take me a long time. My name isn't my business only because I didn't I would do that today, but I wasn't comfortable back then because I was like kind of scared to be online and and all of that. So I have my name in stuff, but it's not like VanessaSimpkins.com or anything like that. I get it. It's like kind of scary. As an author yourself, do you add any personal development books to your day or do you have any inspiration that you read every day? Yeah, I love, love, love personal development books and, and business books. So that's basically all I read. I started using Audible. Usually at night after dinner or so, I'll take a walk and I usually listen to an audible book. I'm trying to remember. It's been, I haven't been doing it for the last couple of weeks, so I don't have one on my audible right now, but they're always personal development and business and I love it. You talked a little bit about your morning routine, but do you have something that you definitely stick to every morning or it's just if you feel creative, you just sit down and start going? I do like to wake up and just like have a moment. You know what I mean? To just have a calm moment in the morning before I get my day started. And then I will always look at my list from the day before, or I will make my list of the five things that I must get done. And then I just kind of go to it. I know a lot of people like to start their day with maybe fitness or a walk or something, but Like I said before, my mind is just clear and ready to go. And I just feel so much better when I start working in the morning. So I kind of get into working pretty early after I have some tea and just a moment to myself and I look at my list. (laughs) Here is the ultimate question. What is your favorite juice recipe? Gosh, that is a hard one. Right now, anyway, I think I've gone through lots of phases over the years, but right now I'm just loving a very low sugar green juice. That's just cucumber, celery, parsley, a little bit of kale and lemon. That sounds good. That's what I've been doing lately. 
completely. I just love cucumber and celery. It's super cleansing and de-bloating. It's just all good ingredients. It's also like super low sugars. I started out with really sugary stuff and now I'm so used to the taste and I really just love the green juices. I think I introduced juicing to my family and I brought them like apples and cinnamon. It wasn't even really juice. It was kind of like apple juice and cinnamon yeah. juicing. And then of course I had the one with the celery in it. But cucumbers, it adds water too. So if people have trouble drinking enough water, just add a cucumber into it. Yes. And it just has such like a cooling taste. It's just so cooling and calming. I love it. When I first became a Beachbody coach, that was my first business in regards to digitally and online. I literally would sit down every night and not know what to do. So now when I don't know what to do, I just look up, you know, how do you create this? How do you post this? How do you learn to overcome things that are new to you? I just kind of like attack it. So I would definitely say I'm super intense when it's like that. Remember I said earlier, I, I don't like to think about all the details. I just need to do it because if I stop and think about the details, it's not going to happen. So I think that's how I do it. <laughs> I just kind of attack it. I think that's what I learned. I would sit down and think, should I do this? Should I do that? Now I don't think. I just YouTube. How do you do this? Done. I'm already on to the next thing. I learned it. Taking out the thinking. The same with what time of day works best for you. It's all trial and error and it's all knowing that you don't know it until you do it, but just taking the step to do yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I don't think that I knew that about myself. Like if I were to go back 10 years ago, I don't think I knew that about myself. It was something that just happened like over time. And then I realized, Hey, like I work better this way. And oh my gosh, like I'm intense and focused and I just need to go with that because it's not maybe how a lot of people are. So like some of my mentors weren't like that. So I was trying to see how they did stuff, but it wasn't really me. It's definitely trial and error. And 10 years later, I figured it out. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because the same with goal setting. A lot of mentors are all about setting goals. I don't know which book I read or listened to on Audible that said, don't set goals because then if you don't reach them, you'll feel like a failure. And what is your advice on setting goals or how far in the future do you set them? So I used to not set them and then I realized that wasn't a good way to kind of live my life. So I really, I really like goals. So I have really, really big goals that would seem super crazy to people. And then I just have very attainable goals for this month or this year. And I totally think it's necessary to do that because then you don't know what you're working towards. I feel like the days where I, I didn't set goals, I just kind of spin my wheel. I definitely made less money and I definitely made less of an impact. But now that I have goals, if I don't reach them, but I even come close or even halfway, I think it's all about attitude. You just look at it and you say, well, at least I came halfway. It's way better than not doing it at all. So I don't feel like a failure if I don't meet them. I try to think of it as I'm proud of myself that I set a goal and I at least tried and I made it to a certain point. Totally. And I like that you set those big, hard to obtain reach goals because you might actually reach them. Somebody else did. So why can't you? That's right. Yeah. Why not me? <laughs> to-do list. This is another personality thing, but some people love their to-do list. Some people, again, get discouraged. I personally just like marking things off. <laughs> so. Yes. I love that too. <laughs> so whether it be a fitness calendar and I put a big extra at the end of the day or the checklist, I love to do less. Are you the same? Yes. <laughs> I just walked into an Erin Condren store yesterday. Oh, there's a store? I didn't know she had a store. Yeah, I didn't know who she was. And then oh. we had a store um, here in Austin and it was big and beautiful and it had all of these scheduling planners. And I was like, this is amazing. I have to get one of them. So I didn't get one, but I definitely want to. And it reminded me of how much I love lists because I know she has a lot of different ones where it's different calendar views and all of that. So I have right now about five different planners <laughs> that I write my stuff in. And one is one where you put your top five stuff for the day. 
and then stuff you want to do next week and another one it has just has like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I kind of use them interchangeably. It almost is like sort of crazy and seems unorganized, but it's like my own organization system and I like it or I'll get tired of one when we can go to the other. But I love lists and I, I'm just like you, like where I love to mark it off. It feels so gratifying that I accomplish something. And even if I don't get all of the things done, I'm like, oh, yes, at least I got these two things done. I made some progress. Because if you don't do that, then it feels like you're really not making progress. You know? Yes, you have to set yourself up for success. So put something down that you know you'll do, and then you can be proud. For sure. I'm shaking my head over here because I thought I was the only one that had multiple planners. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, I love it. You do too? The Erin Condren store. I'm still in disbelief. I don't have one of her, like, not a journal. What's the word? A planner. But that's tricky. It could literally become like a scrapbooking craft project with all <laughs> the colors and tapes that they offer. But I just created a calendar that you can fit everything in and it's just a few pages and I'm going to be offering that for free on my website. Sometimes when you travel, you can't bring or even every day in your purse all five, five of your plans <laughs> with you. Yeah. But like, yeah, when I travel, I bring, because I don't want to bring the big ones, I realize that I still want to make notes. When you're an entrepreneur, your business and your life and everything doesn't stop. So I realized really quickly I had to bring something with me when I left. Even when I just go out for the day, I always have a little like, you know, the little notebook ones where they're just like a straight up mini notebook you can get like in Walmart. And I bring that with me and I'll make my list in there. And then later on, if I need to put something into my bigger ones, I will. And that's worked really well. That's something I did. I think I started only this last year and I'm like, I love this because I don't always like putting stuff in my phone. Because my husband's always like, why don't you just put it in your phone? I was like, I really like to write it down and cross it off. Like there's something about when you write stuff down, it like gets in your brain versus like even just typing it in a phone. So I don't know if it's just me, but it's worked. <laughs> they say if you think something enough, you start to believe it. If you hear something enough, you start to believe it. But I think if you write it enough and if I put it in my phone, it kind of gets lost. I have like hundreds of notes. Yes, totally. I have to have a spiral notebook. If I have one that flips closed on me, I just never open it again and I never bring it and it just builds up in a pile in the corner. I need a spiral notebook. And actually, Actually, I didn't really so many people did this. So it does make me feel better because I have like a lot of spiral and I keep them because yeah. I have all these ideas, right? <laughs> my husband's always telling me, he's like, you have so many ideas. I hope you write these down. I'm like, yes, like this is my whole spiral notebook stack. I follow Sarah Blakely on Instagram. Do you follow her? She's amazing. Oh, I'll have to look. The founder of Spanx. Oh. And she does the same thing. And I just thought that was awesome to see that. I was like, wait a minute, I do that too. So she, she's an inventor, you know, so she has so many ideas and she just puts them in straight up spiral notebooks and she's been doing that for years but yeah she offers a lot of like business advice and just really inspiring since I'm queen of doing too many things at once well that's what my family says but entrepreneurs would disagree I think <laughs> see what works and while products are being manufactured you have the time to start on something else I actually bought a fabric bin from TJ Maxx and I have all of my notebooks in there it's literally my idea box one day they will all be crossed off but I keep them all together sometimes like you when I wake up in the morning I have the best ideas or in the shower I have the best ideas Yes. Yes. Yeah. If I don't write them, by the time I get to work and my head's gone into my day job, I will totally forget. Definitely. I agree. Where do you get your best ideas? The shower is one of them. And I love, I love like baths and showers. But recently I've been going to those float spas. Have you ever been to one? No, tell me about it. A float tank. I think they've been around for a really long time, but it's getting trendy and cool now. And it sounds really strange, but it's like a like a total deprivation tank. So it's usually like in a spa setting and in its own room. 
home and it's just a tank and it's full of, I think, 10 or 12 inches of water that has a lot of, I think it's like an Epsom salt in it. So you float in there and you float for an hour and there's no music or light. Is there a lid over your head? To pull the lid down and you kind of are just in this like quiet meditative state for like an hour and it forces your brain to go into that theta state which is the state that you go into right before you fall asleep and it just allows your brain to just rest and you think and you have a lot of ideas and I feel like when I'm very stressed I'll go to one of those and it really helps out so it's, it sounds like the strangest thing ever but it's really nice and very calming there's also a lot of magnesium in the water so that's also really good for your body and helps you kind of de-stress I just get a lot of ideas in there I love that I saw one on Groupon maybe a year ago, but I didn't know it's been around so long. Can I leave the lid up? I think I would get claustrophobic. You could, you totally could, but it's actually very large in there. So it's not like a coffin size. The one that I went to is very large. And I know they also have, I've never been to one like this, but they have ones that are like separate rooms. That's kind of like a little spa in the room. I feel like I would sit up and write something down and sit up, but I think that's actually great because I do want to add meditation and just a way to go somewhere and know you're not getting distracted is amazing for your mind. I mean, because when you think about with the social media and the TV and like everything um, nowadays, there's just so much stuff going on. So like when you're in there, you're in there for a straight up hour just with yourself and no other stimulation, no light, no music. And so you're kind of forced to just calm down and de-stress and think about whatever you want to think about. And it's really amazing. Okay, you convinced me. (laughs) You have to try it, yes. I'm actually doing my first long phone detox this week. This week I had two interviews and I have a photo shoot. So I've been coordinating with the models for that for my products. But this next coming week, I am shutting off my phone for a full week. And I'm using email so people know I'm okay. It's going to be a big step. And I think a pod would be a good small first step. I've never, I've never done that with my phone. I don't know if I could. That's amazing. See, that's why I think the float tank is good for me because I could definitely handle an hour. And it's not like I'm upset. But I don't know, maybe I am. Like, I just feel like it's a little hard to do as an entrepreneur, right? And you just kind of become addicted and you don't even realize it. And that's why I guess I like the flow tank. But oh my gosh, I hope that it goes well. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it'll be good for my soul. And I don't know why I just called it a pod. I guess it's called a float tank. I guess in my head, I'm picturing like a white. They do call it a pod too. It is white. Yeah, (laughs) they do call it a pod. All right, well, where can we find you on social media? I really want to try some of your juice recipes. Let us know where we can find you. My website is called allaboutjuicing.com and all of my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook handles are at allaboutjuicing, so it's all the same. Okay, you use Twitter too. Not too much, really. It's mostly Facebook and Instagram. Most of my fans happen to be on Facebook and that's where we have our challenge group. My challenge group's called 21 Day Juicing Challenge, so you can find me there or two we're really active in that group so that's something that you all start on the same day or it's just a continuing group that people can stay in we do them every quarter and so we all do start on the same day so I do those live ones where I'm posting every day but I do have ones on my site where if somebody wants to start one when it's not when the rest of the group is doing it they can do it and of course they can jump into the group and we're all there and most of us juice when it's not <laughs> even during a challenge it's all the time and it's also live
That's so fun. Okay, I'm going to link your books below. I'm going to link that group because it sounds really motivating because I'm sure one of the big questions is what recipe do I make? And then when you try a couple, then what do I make? So I group is going to be very beneficial. So my second book is called Power Blender Revolution and it's the blending recipes. And I opened up a Facebook group just for that too, just because it was so different than juicing. And I know people have a lot of questions about like their Vita mixes and their blend text and it was like more food. So I have a, a closed group for that too. With the power blender, is that you're using the pulp? Yeah. So you're making smoothies and then it's basically anything that you could think of to make with your power blender, your Vita mix, your blend tech, or your Ninja. Cause you know, they're super high powered. So you can do so much with them. You can make soup, you can make banana ice cream. That's what that book is about. So when you're like new to the power blenders, a little bit of learning curve with those. And they're like super exciting because they're like an all-in-one machine. You get your soluble and insoluble fiber. Because I do have a jerk, but I also, well, I make my Shakeology, my blender. So I like that you have a book on each. The recipe is right there for both. I noticed early on that there was a lot of people that liked juicing, but they preferred smoothies. And so even during my challenges, I have like a blender variation if you don't own a juicer. That's kind of when I knew a blending book would be great too, because there's a lot of people that just really prefer smoothies and like blending their juice instead of extracting their juice. When I visited California, there are places that take the pulp from juicing and they make vegan cookies out of it and everything. What do you do with your pulp? I'm most of the time, just toss it. Okay. But I mean, I've composted it in the past. I've definitely made cookies and other things like that. And I guess, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm lazy, but if I just don't feel like making something, I kind of have to be super creative, especially with like a celery and a cucumber pulp. So I'm always like, if you feel terrible about throwing away the pulp, just compost it because at least it's going into your soil or your garden. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely did that. I would just throw it on the backyard in a certain pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are more comfortable with smoothies because juicing is such a new concept. Whatever you start with, making smoothies or juicing, your books have all the info you need. So thank you for creating them for us and making it easier for women on the go to get some fruit and veggies into their diet. Oh, thank you. I love doing it. Makes me so happy to know that people can use the recipes and use it to be a little bit healthier. Thank you, Vanessa, for sharing your knowledge with us today. And we will see you on social media. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm so happy to have you as part of our posse and would love for you to comment with what topics you'd like to hear about next. You can find out more at myempowerproject.com. Tap that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the exciting guests and enlightenment to come. Have a fabulous day.